you're listening to For Eternity and Until, where together we uncover how to bring heaven to earth in our everyday choices and live the life we were created for. I'm your host, Tori May Hine, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this party started. Happy Monday, everyone. Another week, another podcast, and I'm so incredibly grateful to be here with you today. We're going to continue our study through the book of Ephesians in just a second, but I wanted to share with you a message that I got on Instagram from a listener a couple of days ago that just deeply blessed my soul. For all of us, no matter what we do vocationally, and whether that's professionally as far as you getting paid for it, or if it's just the work that God's entrusted to you in ministry and in work in your home, fill in the blank for whatever vocation looks like for you in your life, uh, we can grow weary. And some days I put podcasts out there, social media content out in the world, and I go, God, is anyone even listening? Are you even really using this? And every once in a while, I get a message from a listener and it breathes life back into my sails to continue going. This is what she said. She says, hey, Tori, I've never received anything physically from you, but I wanted to pop in and say that I've been listening to the podcast and I'm blown away. I've been making sweeping movements in my life over the last few months. And it's not that I haven't done these things before. I'm just being more intentional about it because I know God has bigger plans for me. He's been calling me in something since I started my business, but I've been living in this place of unworthiness. I'm choosing to lean into God and your podcast and your encouragement is a part of the reason I'm doing that. So thank you. I mean, come on. That's so awesome. There is nothing like seeing a woman awaken to their God-given purpose and boldly embracing their place for the glory of God and the good of others. It's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And this is just a reminder for you and for me that a word of encouragement goes a long way. And the simplest way you can do that is share this podcast with a friend. Just text someone and say, hey, I was thinking about you today when I was listening to this podcast. I hope it blesses you. All right, friends, without further ado, let's dive into our lesson today in the book of Ephesians. Hey, and welcome back. Today, we're starting chapter four in Ephesians. I'm sitting in my sunroom, overlooking the cars that are driving to work on my road. It's lush and beautiful and green and misty. And I'm so looking forward to diving into this chapter in Ephesians with you. It's so rich and beautiful. We have gone through the first three chapters already, and so we've learned about the calling that we've been given by God. We've learned about this grace that we've received through faith from God and the mystery that we have been grafted into the salvation that the Jews prepared for thousands of years for us to be grafted in to receive the benefit. And Paul has made it really clear that the result of this fulfillment of the promise that God would come and restore all things, that he is working this promise out and the process out through us, the church that we are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And when Paul prayed for the people in Ephesians, and when he's ministering to all of the churches throughout this time while he was in prison writing letters, he prayed 
for the fullness of God to dwell, that our inner bodies would be strengthened, rooted in the love of God, that we would be able to know that God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or think or imagine according to his glory for our good through all generations. And so he's hinging off of what he was sharing in the previous chapter. Remember, this was just a letter originally. This was all just one big, one big letter. We've chaptered it up and uh, organized it into verses so that we can know what we're studying and when. But at one point, this was all just a letter. So he's um, continuing his thought at the beginning of chapter four, and we're going to read it together and then go through it. So prepare your heart, grab your Bible, take a deep breath and pause the recording to pray. Ask God to meet you. Ask him to speak to you. Ask him to do what we're reading in this in these chapters and in these verses to actually accomplish it in and through your life, that the fullness of God would be known by you, that you would be strengthened and that you would know the height, the width, the length, the depth of God's love for you so that you can go out and live this calling that God has given you to live to the fullness of the measure that he intended. We are reading chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Unity in the body of Christ. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all of the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes, but rather Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint, with it which is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Okay, so let's start back at the top 
of chapter four. He says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. So he's reminding them, hey, I'm in prison. (laughs) I urge you. I, I think that when someone's going through a certain level of suffering, that it holds a greater measure of authority. I was flipping through Instagram yesterday and a few videos, interviews caught my attention where they were interviewing people who were going through a serious illness or a diagnosis saying, I've only got one more year to live. And the views were significantly higher. Why? I think people are curious to hear and listen uh, to the story of someone who is suffering. With suffering comes a greater measure of authority. So Paul is sitting here, having been given a calling by God to go and minister to the Gentiles. He reminds us of our calling as well that you can be reminded of if you flip back to chapter one and read through verses four through 14, the calling that you have been called to. Now, we talk a lot about, or we hear a lot about calling and what's your calling? What's your meaning in life? Remember that our calling is the same. The way that it's worked out, our gifts, our abilities, personality, I mean, that might all shift, but we have been given a calling by God to minister this truth of, of Christ's love for the world. Um, the Spirit of God lives in you, and the way that this promise is fulfilled is that he will work it out through his church. And so we've been given this calling to share the love of God with the world around us. And verse 2 says that this calling should be worked out with humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. We'll get back to our study in just a second, but I want to share with you this awesome child discipleship resource that my family and I have been using and loving. It's called Talk About. It's created by Awana, and it's designed to take the guesswork out of having deeper, more intentional conversations with your kids about what you believe. You are sent an email every week with a guide that has something to read, something to create, something to talk about, something to listen to, all the different learning styles. We're using it as our homeschool Bible curriculum this year. And I love it because it's relationship focused and conversationally led. So it feels really effortless. If you want to learn more about it, go to www.talkaboutdiscipleship.com and use the code all caps eternity for one month free. That's www.talkaboutdiscipleship.com. So we're given these three characteristics, humility, gentleness, and patience. Let's start with humility. Humility is not being shy or quiet, but humility means restraining a sense of entitlement. We see this perfectly embodied in Jesus, who it says in scripture, humbled himself to step down off of his throne in heaven, take on flesh, and then serve and love and die for humanity. He committed himself fully to promote others' interests, including the will of his father and the good of us, his creation. Now, gentleness is meekness, which again is not weakness, but it is strength that is restraint. It's dealing with people with kindness rather than roughness, with compassion rather than force 
to choose to encourage people rather than forcing them or demanding that they act or respond in a specific way. And patience, which is a fruit of the spirit, is so necessary. It's not this disengagement from the outcome or the timeline, but instead it's a commitment to long suffering with others, recognizing that the growth process takes time and we are willing to stay throughout the whole process of growth. With these characteristics, we maintain an eagerness for the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. This is what it allows us to do. If we do not have humility, gentleness, and patience, we will not be able to bear with one another in love. So if you're struggling in loving someone, take a look at those three characteristics and ask the Holy Spirit, will you help me increase in this fruit in my life to allow me to grow in unity and in peace with the people around me? Verse four, there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to all, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and our father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. So you heard a few words a few times saying that right there. There's a lot of ones and there's a lot of alls. Let's just look really quick because This is an example of how God himself is unified with himself, three separate persons, but united as one, submitting to one another perfectly, but all equal. He says there is one body, one spirit, one Lord, one God and Father. So let's start with the spirit. He says, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, we have one hope that was given to us in Christ through the spirit. He is our seal until we fully understand and walk into the fullness of it in eternity. Our, the Holy Spirit is the seal of redemption and salvation. He says in verse 5, we have one Lord, one Jesus, one God um, in flesh who came and offered himself. And as a result, through what he did, we have one faith and one baptism. We're fully submerged into this reality that we have in Jesus because of his work on the cross. And verse eight, one God and father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. We have one God who unifies everything in him because he is the source. He is over all, he is through all, and he is in all. Those prepositions mean something. Overall, he reigns above it, through it all. He's working in it and in it all. We can see his character. We can see his creative hand over every aspect of the life around us. Verse 7, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Okay, so let's back up. The whole theme of this section is showing us how we grow into being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. How does this church grow? And we grow through unity, which is the first point that he makes in verses one through seven. But the second way that we grow is in ministry. So we first have to be unified with God, unified with others, and carrying the characteristic of God himself in order to promote that unity. And then 
as we are unified, then we can work together and minister together. So this is starting the next section. Paul refers back in verse 8 to Psalm 68, 18, when he says, He ascended on high and he led the host of captives and he gave the gifts to men. In saying this, he explains that when this when David is writing, he ascended. What does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above over all the heavens that he might fill all things. So he's just explaining that God came down to earth and he ascended, but he gave gifts to men. So what are the gifts that he has given to men? Again, we are not only the contributors, but we are also the consumers. We are the gifts. We don't just receive. We actually are the gifts to his church. He gives gifts to the individuals to work out the ministry um, of the spirit. And so although Christ has ascended, he came down, he went back up. As a result, he's given to us certain gifts. And in verse 11, he explains what he's given. He gave apostles, he gave prophets, he's given evangelists and shepherds and teachers, and their role is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. For building, I've got to turn the page, for building up the body of Christ. This work of spiritual growth is a team effort. No one person could do it himself, and God does not do it without us. He does it through us. We are the gifts to the church. And so the gifts that he gives according to the measure of Christ's gift, it says in verse 8, Um, We don't have to be in competition or feel like we're less than any other part of the body. We are all essential and all play a role. Why? Because it says in chapter 2, verse 10, that we are Christ's workmanship. We've been created in his image to do good works that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That means that God has prepared beforehand certain good works for you to walk in that are different than what I can walk in and do. He's equipped you with gifts from heaven. And although he's ascended into heaven, he's given you as a gift to the earth to embody his spirit and fulfill his purpose. Which brings us to the final point, that we grow by unity through ministry, and then we grow into full maturity. So verse 13, he says, until we all attain the unity of faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, to live a life full of Christ. God is bringing us to full maturity. And until we all attain it, like that means all, that means you, that means me, unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God. So unity of the, spa- of the faith is the unity that he's speaking about in the first part of this chapter. The knowledge of the Son of God, that is the result of the ministry that's done through the work of the apostles and the prophets and the teachers that were mentioned in the verses above to the purpose of mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It's time to grow up. Maturity is not insecurity. We can establish ourselves on the word of God. 
And so we are equipped for service. We are unified in the church. We have maturity and understanding so that this is the result. We will no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. I don't know about you, but I can look back into my life and recognize that there are certain, there were certain seasons where I was very, I was tossed back and forth by the waves and the wind. Why? Because I did not have a full security in my knowledge of God, in my unity of faith. And I wasn't being brought to full maturity in those areas where I was weary and rocking back and forth with every thought, with every Instagram post, with every news report, with every statistic, which with every fact. There are still areas of my life where I am and will always be because we are forever growing into full maturity in Christ. There are some areas where I am like, I am solid. I am convinced. I am unwavering. And then there are other areas of my life that God is currently working this out in me and bringing me into a full maturity of his presence in certain topics and situations. I don't know about you, but I need and want this security so deeply in my heart where no matter what waves are carried about or what crafty doctrine is presented, no matter how persuasive it may seem, that we are, I am able to stand firm in my knowledge of who God is. Verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love, we grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. We are the body. He is the head. We are growing into him. We are a living structure for the dwelling of God's spirit. And we are called to speak truth in love. Truth and love are both necessary. Neither are optional. We have been given the truth of God's word, but we have been given the calling and the mandate to love God and to love others. So when we see the church standing on the truth and they're, you know, strict and staunch and they lack those characteristics of humility and gentleness and patience, we got to call that into question because they got to, they got to, preach truth in love. But then when we have churches that are all love without any truth, all love without any boundaries, all love that, uh, you know, extends far into blurring the lines between what is led by God and what God desires us to leave behind so that we can walk into the fullness of who he is, which is what we're going to actually learn about in the next um, lesson when we go through the second half of chapter four, we have to have both of these characteristics working together. Verse 16, from whom the whole body, that includes you, your part of the body being joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. How do we grow? We grow through unity. We grow through ministry. We grow, we grow into maturity. 
We do it with the characteristics of humility and gentleness and patience. We are led by the power of the spirit for the purpose of God's will. This is how we grow. We're connected to the head who is Christ, this whole body functioning and working together, not working against each other, not tearing one another down. My arm is not working against my leg. My eyes are not working against my stomach. My mind is not working against my heart. My body is unified for the purpose of keeping me alive. The same is true for us within the body of Christ, within the church. Every working part, working properly, makes us grow together to build us up in love. Lord, let it be done according to your word. Let it start in us. That the tendencies that we have to tear down, to voice an aggressive opinion, to um, walk in selfishness, I pray that you instead would give us humility and gentleness and patience, that we would lay down selfish ambition, that we would lay down aggressiveness, that we would lay down our opinions to pick up truth and communicate it in love. God, would you do this in your church? Will you do this first and foremost in my home, in me? Let it begin in me. Gosh, this this chapter is so good and this book is so powerful and God's word is so alive and it is so for us right here, right now, in this moment, in the same way that it was for the Ephesians who first read this letter from Paul's hand. God is faithful and God is good. Have patience for yourself as you go through your own growth process. It takes time. You are being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's a process that is beautiful, but it's lengthy and requires full maturity. And that often entails a lot of suffering and a lot of questions and maybe some tears. And it's worked out in this beautiful process of surrender. Don't be afraid of it. And don't wish yourself to move too far past or too quickly into the next season of maturity. God is leading you at the right pace, at the right time, according to your design, so that you can fulfill the good works that God has prepared beforehand for you to walk in, but that you would do them full of the grace of God and full of dependency on Him. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you have a second, leave a review or post a comment here on the podcast page. It helps this podcast to be seen by other people so we can spread this message far and wide. I cannot wait until next week and I'll talk to you soon.